How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Into the 3 o'clock hour we roll. Daily Gambit coming your way a little bit later. Uh, a new topic has uh, hit, the, hit the sheet, if you will. Dick Monfort. And some of you might be wondering ah, ah, who ah, ah. Dick Monfort is. <laughs> Richard is the owner. I told you that he was a dick. <laughs> I told you. His name is, yes, his name is Dick. That's yes. right, that's right. Um, he had some uh, some interesting comments about Padres and his, among some of the other big spenders. Uh, and he was a little, a little critical. We'll get to that a little later uh, in the show, actually next segment. But first... We got a little daily gambit to get to. So, uh, Scraby, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Do you like money? I think about money a lot. Do you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh, winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is a mortal lock. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit, our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. Please gamble responsibly, everybody. I put together some FanDuel lineups yesterday, guys. Maybe the worst FanDuel lineups I've ever put together in my entire life. It was really bad. I well, mean, you probably put all 49ers in there. No, I didn't because they don't allow you to pick all 49ers. But I did think George Kittle was going to... You guys don't even know the excitement that I had on my walk with my dog that morning doing the lineup. I'm like, George Kittle's going to have a big day. Brandon Ayuk's going to have a big day. He probably day. was just shaking his head at you like, this guy, poor guy. No, he was like, yeah, please pick him. You, you know what was interesting, Chris? Uh, Scraby was saying... That his pops at one point had to tell him to calm down. It was like a seven-yard reception to Kittle in like a 28-7 ball game. He was like, yeah! <laughs> he was like, you do know they're still going to lose, right? <laughs> and I was like, yes, but I can be happy. Just let me be happy. Uh, all right. Everybody gamble responsibly. That's why I told my FanDuel story, because I did not yesterday. But let's start with our San Diego State bet from Friday. They played San Jose State uh, at Viejas Arena, and they ended up winning big, 72-51. Chris handicapped this one as uh, giving the Aztecs – or wait, wait, I'm sorry. The Aztecs were 12-point favorites in the game. They easily handled – the Spartans, what do you guys think about? We all got that right, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's exactly what Chris and I expected. Uh, I guess you, too. You jumped on that bad I did. wagon as I well. Did. Aztecs uh, continue to play some good basketball. 
Well, they also they also finally played some defense, guys. I mean, they had a stretch, uh, a 14-minute stretch surrounding the first half and the second half that they did not allow a single field goal. San Jose State couldn't make a basket for 14 minutes. That is the kind of defense that I've been waiting to see, and uh, I hope that the Aztecs took a big step forward in that game. The other thing, guys, the rankings are out, and they're back in the rankings at number 22, so it was a good weekend for the Aztecs. Definitely a good weekend for the Aztecs. We'll continue to see them get better and better. Uh, let's go to our prop bets for the weekend. Miles Sanders, under or over under 51.5 rushing yards. Chris and I said under. Tony said over. He had 42 yards, but he did have two touchdowns. But that wasn't the bet. It was for rushing yards. Uh, Brock Purdy, over under 219.5 passing yards. Did you guys know Brock Purdy, Purdy didn't throw um, one incompletion yesterday? No, he did. He had no. a fumble, though. He was four, he was four for four. <laughs> he had a fumble. He was four for four for 23 <laughs> yards. So Tony and I said over on Brock Purdy. Chris said under. We could have never imagined it, but anyway. Joe Burrow over under one and a half touchdown passes. We all went over. He only had one touchdown pass yesterday. That was to T. Higgins. So that one was also a bust. Jamar Chase over under six and a half receptions. Beck QL said the five-star bet was to go under. Chris was the only one over. Jamar Chase had six receptions, so he was right there. One more catch, and he goes over. But um, the five-star bet... Four BetQL hits. I haven't gotten to play that in a while. Next five-star bet would be Travis Kelsey over under six and a half receptions. Tony and I both said over. Chris said under. Travis Kelsey had seven catches in the game, so Tony and I won that one. The five-star bet said to go under, so that's what we get for that. Kadarius Tony under 36 and a half receiving yards. That was a five-star bet for BetQL. All of us took the under. All of us were correct because he had seven receiving yards. I think he almost had a touchdown early in the game. Is that what it was? Who? Uh, Kadarius Ta- Tony. You know what? I didn't. I didn't pick up the game until after he got hurt, so I didn't see his. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to still figure out how to work the uh, internet on the airplane <laughs> at that point. Okay, I believe so he. I, the first I believe he had a game. play that got called back, or it was reversed, or something like that. And um, so, anyway, he got seven yards, but we all got that one right. Most playoff passing yards for the weekend. Chris and Tony said Mahomes. I said Burrow. You guys were right. Mahomes had three hundred and twenty-six yards. Can't believe that three twenty-six would be the winner, but it was. I guess I can't believe it. Cause, you can't believe Yeah, 326 is actually a lot. Winner. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> you need um, to be 426? What you got? Uh, yeah, no, no. 326 is a lot for the playoffs. Uh, then the next category we did was most playoff rushing yards for the weekend. Chris chose Pacheco. Tony chose Joe Mixon. I chose Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey did end up being the highest rusher of the weekend with 84 yards. Um, he was the whole team at that entire at that point. So he it wasn't wow. really a great offensive weekend outside of Patrick Mahomes, really. Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So the next one would be the most receiving yards of the weekend. Chris took Jamar Chase. Tony took AJ Brown. I took Travis Kelsey. None of us got that right. It was MVS Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling. Went 116 yards in the game. And I think, um, yeah, we were talking before the show a little bit, but that we'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later about Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Scant- but if you would have told me A.J. Brown had the most receiving yards, I would have believed it. 
If you had told me Jamar Chase had the most receiving yards, I would have believed it. But I would not have believed if you told me that Valdez Scantling was going to have the most receiving yards. That was out of nowhere. Now, Tony said yes on this walk-off. Is there going to be a team that has a game-winning walk-off field goal to end of regulation? He said yes. And there was. It was oh, not. Oh, no, there though. wasn't. It was not, that, though. There was three yeah, seconds left. Three yeah. seconds left. So anybody oh, who man. took that bet was thinking, why did you do that? Because it ended up uh, nullifying the bet. But Chris and I both said no on that one. Point totals for the weekend. We had the 49ers and Eagles over under 46.5 total points. We all went under. We were all right. It was 38 points, most of it from the Eagles, 31 of it from the Eagles, actually. Then the Bengals and the Chiefs over under 48 points. All of us went over, and they combined for 43 points, so they were under on that one. Yeah, that's surprising. That is surprising. I feel like... uh, I mean, the the 49ers game turned the betting world upside down just because they couldn't do anything on offense. Christian, or here's a, They same, didn't have a quarterback. Leave them alone. Yeah, same game parlay. Plus 550 for Christian McCaffrey to have a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey to have more than 65 rushing yards. And Debo Samuel to have 55 or more receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey did have a touchdown. He did have 65 plus receive, or rushing yards. He did not. Or Debo did not have 55-plus receiving yards, so that parlay failed. No. Debo, um, I was surprised that Debo didn't get more more yesterday. I don't know if they went into preservation mode at the end, but... It was I, well, he was returning kicks at one point, which means that it was dire. I promise you, Kyle Shanahan had, on that big old play sheet he had, had no <laughs> plays for if he didn't have a quarterback. Well, then bring one with you. He brought. I mean, he wanted him to bring. I'm back in the. I'm back in the anger. He was like dealing. He was like at the bottom of the barrel as it was. I no. I know. I know. Bring back Nick Moles or something. I don't even care. Uh. Anyway, plus four twenty five for this next same game parlay over forty six and a half points. That did not happen in the 49ers Eagles game, so that parlay was dead. We all said no. We're good on the parlays so far, guys. Now, the next one, plus 400 for over 48.5 total points for the Bengals Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, touchdown. Jamar Chase, touchdown. And it ended right at the points because 43 was the total. Yeah. And then the last one, didn't. it came down to the point total again, so we're not even going to go through it because it didn't. the parlay did not complete. So that's it for all the props. None of the point made. totals made it. Yeah, defense, play, defense showed up in the playoffs. I mean, it really has. None of the games have been as higher scoring as we thought they would all be. I know you and I went from thinking that the the days of defensive struggles were over, but that's yeah. really what there was this week. Yeah, defense. I mean, if you go back even to the divisional round, the four teams that won the divisional round all played great defense, and the two teams that won yesterday played great defense. So defense is still around, guys. Yeah, we'll get into some of the Super Bowl bets next week. Um, there's also going to be, like, I'm sure there's going to be great odds on, like, the long drive competition for the players because that's the new oh, that, that's the Pro new Bowl, Pro Bowl f- format yeah. is uh, they're going to be doing flag football. And Peyton and Eli, are, are yeah, they the captains? That's how boring the Pro Bowl is. They've decided to change and do golf do different sports instead of football stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was just a backhanded shot at golf for no reason. For no reason. Did you watch, Chris, the final round of the Farmers? Yeah, on Sunday, no, I was watching football. Oh, yeah, it was Saturday. Saturday. Yes, yeah. I I forgot. I honestly forgot all about it. 
All right, time to go to break, Tony. <laughs> Sorry about that. Time, time to go to break. No, we did have a we did have a good winner in the Farmers Insurance Open. Max Homa won. He came from behind he's to win. He's a San it. Diego, isn't he? I don't think he's a San Diego. I think oh, I know a Cal- he's, a, he's, he's a Southern California. Cal- yeah, California. he's a California. That's what I meant. And, and he loves the West Coast. He loves repping the West Coast. But Sam Ryder took it into the weekend. He fall, failed down the stretch, but uh, he was also wearing. Was he leading it like all? He week? was. He was, and he failed down the stretch. He yeah. doubled one of the holes. Early. Wire to wire. I saw your clone went to went he's to. He's not my clone. Your clone went to battle with your favorite guy, Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed. Where was that in Dubai? It was in Dubai. Now Patrick Reed. Has he? There's a he, major wait, controversy. Was, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Patrick Reed wasn't he caught up in some type of cheating scandal a couple years back? He, he was here at the Farmers Insurance Open, actually. Ah, that's why everybody's got their antennas up. On, oh, well, on what happened this week? You know, I, I, the, with the Farmers Insurance Open. First of all, Chris, are, are you aware of anything that happened with uh, Mister Scraby's clone? <laughs> I, I I did see a little dabble about that yesterday, but I don't I don't remember his issue with the farmers many years ago. It was it, it was like an embedded ball, and if you have an embedded That's ball, that means yeah. you can pick it up and you can move and, it. And this was kind he of an embedded up. ball yeah, too in a different area. Ball. He picked up his ball. It, yeah. There was not really forgot, anybody looking. He forgot looking. to let the marshal come over and look. Yeah, it was it was it was suspect. I but I defended him. I you said did. He gets the benefit of the doubt. Are you defending him on this one? No, because what he you did was... you explain to everybody yeah. what happened? So he hit a drive, and the drive actually got stuck in a palm tree. It landed in a palm tree that was right off the fairway. So it was a decent drive, but it was literally like it didn't come down from the palm tree. So he comes all the way up to the palm tree, and he gets binoculars from the rules guy and starts looking in the palm tree for his ball. Because if you identify your ball, it's less of a penalty as if you have a lost ball. So if he gets a lost ball, he's going back to the tee. He's teeing off again. He's redoing everything. If you get an unplayable because you found your ball, you can do it from right there. So he's looking up in the tree with the binoculars, and he swears he finds his ball. In the palm tree. I'm sure there's 100 balls in the palm tree. Yeah, you could see other balls in the palm tree. (laughs) And he said, I have a distinct marking on my ball. Uh, Of course he does. But... That would mean the odds of his marking showing out of the tree is ridiculous. Remarkable. I, I just can't believe that this guy keeps doing this stuff. Uh, I'm not going to accuse him of cheating, but I Sounds will like say, you are. I will say, sounds like you are to me too. And I will say, it's getting to the point where someone needs to look into that guy hmm. because you can't. Hey, Scraby. Yeah, what's up? Who cheated more, Patrick Reed or the officials in the Niner game? Officials in the Niner game. <laughs> officials in the Niner game. Because uh, they were just showing it on NFL Network, the play, and they're breaking it down. Why didn't the officials review this? You and, know what they're also breaking down, Chris? They're breaking down them trying to block Riddick with a, a backup uh, yeah, tight end. Yeah, that's what they need to break down, pal. Yeah. But Patrick that's Reed, what took you out of the game right there. But Rory McIlroy ended up winning the duel in the desert, as they call it, besting Patrick Reed by... A stroke. All right, uh, let's get to break. When we return, we'll get to talk some Richard Monfort, <laughs> Colorado Rockies owner, otherwise known as Dick. More Gwen and Chris on the way. Here's some traffic. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 321 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Chris is out in Boise. This is the last hour we'll have him as he uh, gets ready for the, I think it starts at 5.30 hour time. Is that correct, Chris? That is correct. Uh, by the way, I don't understand why I had to fly to Boise since I was betting on the Eagles and Scraby was on the 49ers. Loser is supposed to leave town. Yeah, that's that's very true. Scraby got lucky is what it is. He's still here. You're in Boise. Boise. Yeah. Boise. Uh, all right, let's Boise. talk. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some Major League Baseball. Uh, nothing more than to complain about Rockies owner Dick Monfort. Uh, he decided uh, to basically tell us that the Padres' business plan he doesn't see it working very long, and. Um, as you can imagine, that has caught the ire of quite a bit of, uh, of San Diego. I'll read you uh, his quote. Uh, he was airing his grievances towards the Padres in their efforts to win. It just, I want to highlight this part right here. In their efforts to win a World Series. That's what he was uh, airing his grievance about. Colorado Rockies have the 16th ranked payroll. Uh, this came via, via Patrick Sanders of the Denver Post. Here's what he said. That puts a lot of pressure on us, Monfort said, but it's not just the Padres. It's the Mets. It's the Phillies. This has been an interesting year. What the Padres are doing, I don't 100% agree with, though I know that their fans probably agree with it. We'll see how it works, how it works out. I look at the Padres, and they have a really talented team, but they have some holes, too. They've got three, maybe four starting pitchers, and then they'll sort. Then they're sort of like us, he says. I found that laughable when that part says. Uh, he goes He goes on to say, they have Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, you Darvish, so I don't know. They have spent a lot of money, and they will have to spend a lot more if they want to keep outfielder Juan Soto. But it does put a lot of pressure on us. Yes, it does. Now, this whole thing is quite rich uh, for Dick Monfort. Uh, remember when they signed 
uh, third baseman Nolan Arenado and then two years later decided to trade them. Um, Nolan Arenado was very loud about being loud, uh, being lied to. When you get that kind of contract, the person that you are, that's probably lying to you at that point is the owner. And so I find it quite rich that Dig Montford is is coming down or questioning the business uh, model of the Padres when the Padres are actually winning and filling the seats and, you know, doing things that you would expect ownerships to do. Uh, but yet he's criticizing, Chris. You got to be kidding me, this guy. I mean, you absolutely have to be kidding me. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely, it, it makes me want to hate the Rockies. It, it really, truly does. I, you know, here's a guy, this is a guy, Tony, that not only traded Arenado, but gave the St. Louis Cardinals organization multi millions of dollars to take <laughs> Nolan Arenado. Right. I forgot exactly how much money he gave them just so that they would agree to the trade. And he's and he's he has the the gall to complain about somebody else's business plan. What business plan does it say? You get rid of your best player. You also give away multi millions of dollars, and that leads you to finish forty three games out of first place and with one of the worst teams in all of baseball. How do you have the right to even speak? <laughs> I thought. Uh... Dane Perry, who wrote about this on CBS Sports, he goes on to explain it pretty well, and I'm going to read you this. He says, The Padres' recent ways have caused more than one ownership mask to slip a bit, and it's not hard to take away a couple of conclusions from this latest set of grievances. One, most owners don't like it when other teams spin. (laughs) Two, owners really don't like it when a team like the Padres put the lie to market-based excuses for not spending. Three, those same owners know full well that fans want them to, you know, try to win baseball games. The single biggest problem in Major League Baseball right now and the driver of many related problems is the owners who don't care about winning, who view their franchises as portfolios holding rather, portfolio holding rather than civic treasure that carries with it certain obligations. Worst of all, owners can invest in the payroll and still remain quite profitable. Such such are the immense re- re- revenue streams that teams enjoy in exchange for merely existing. Too many, though, would prefer to cash those checks while putting forward little, very little effort toward the only thing that justifies their existence. The thing is trying, let's say it again together, the thing is trying to win baseball games like, you know, the small market Padres are. Now, it's, yeah, it's, it's, no, re- it's, it's, it's really remarkable that, as you said, Dick Monfort has the goal to criticize a quote-unquote small market team um, and yet do nothing for his own franchise. I mean, what Dick Monfort should have said was, the Padres are doing exactly what I should be trying to do, but I'm too stupid to do it. That should have been his quote. Then he should have just shut up and gone on his merry way. I honestly can't wait for the Padres to open the season at home against the Rockies this year and just pummel that baseball team. I mean, for him to honestly say that he feels like the Padres have Musgrove and Darvish and Snell, and then they're pretty much the same teams. He's delusional. He's delusional. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. 
The Rockies are one of the worst teams in baseball. They didn't make a single move to improve their team in the offseason. Not one single move other than signing Pierce Johnson, which is not going to put you into playoff contention. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I know that all the fans in Colorado hate that guy, and now we all understand why. <laughs> There's your baseball, Padre baseball, at least for the hour. Let's get to break. When we come back, we are going to give you the highlights. <sighs> of the championship weekend, AFC, <laughs> NFC, coming up next. More Glenn Chris. 3.34 on the clock. Going to get to the highlights of the championship weekend, NFL championship weekend, AFC, NFC, coming up here shortly. We'll have some traffic. Scraby, you got something you want to get off your chest to to fellow Niner fans. Yeah, I I'm not a fan of calling guys out for being injured or their toughness the, being or their questioned. toughness being questioned because yeah. I I saw a lot of that yesterday. He's just standing there with his helmet on, <laughs> Brock Purdy. Yeah, he's just standing there with his helmet off. He can have his helmet on, then he can get on the field. And I'm thinking this guy is a rookie. He finally gets the biggest shot of his life. There is zero chance that he's going to take himself out of the game if he's not tough. I mean, or if he didn't have a serious injury. That shows you how tough he is because uh, here's a tweet from David Lombardi, a 49ers uh, reporter. Uh, Brock Purdy re entered the game for the 49ers against the NFL's best pass rush, pass rush, despite having a completely torn elbow ligament. I'd say there's nothing wrong with his toughness. And I would agree. I just don't like it how people are always criticizing. When they don't know. And and you know what, Tony? I was that guy four years ago, five years ago. Oh, my gosh, almost five years since we started the show. I was that guy. Yeah, I've learned a lot over the years. And I, I think it's also because I'm getting older and I'm starting to see more things with perspective. But I, I just don't get why. It, it's the same people with the DeMar Hamlin thing, saying that he he's... Oh, by the way. And he did a video. You know, and you, you, don't you get the sense that he did that video yes. because everybody was saying it was... Some type of conspiracy. There's something really wrong with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And that's that. That's that, sad that he had to do that. Uh, same exact reaction. When I saw the video, I, I felt like he did that because people were having a conspiracy that he was dead. Uh, Aubrey Huff was all about it, talking about it. I don't know how Aubrey Huff Aubrey has Huff any. Aubrey Huff of the, the pink thong? Yes, of the Giants and Rays and MLB. Yeah. And, and I don't know how Aubrey Huff would have any insight on the, he the situation. He would. But Damar Hamlin should not have to do a video. To prove that he's alive, it's ridiculous. That, that's like, that guy should be working on himself and getting better. But to do a video to be like, "Hey, everybody, I'm still here," it's ridiculous. That's it really is where we uh, where we are. So, All right, yeah. You done? You get to get that off your chest. You feel better? <laughs> yes, I, I did get that off my chest. All right, uh, no traffic still. Traffic so is waiting. Yes. Let's get to our NFL championship preview. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. We go to the National Football League. <laughs> AFC-NFC Championship weekend. 
At least one game was a doozy. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand this off. Maybe, as the Bengals should have done last night. <laughs> hand, this, uh, hand this part of the show off to Mr. Chris Ello. Well, yes, Tony, thank you. It's usually the good, the bad, and the ugly, but uh, there was only two games. Clearly, the 49ers would have dominated the ugly category. I'm mm, sorry indeed, about that, Scraby, but mm. uh, we will give you the highlights of both the NFC and the AFC championship games, let you relive the games that were. And, of course, it started in the city of brotherly love, the NFC title game. This was such a monster matchup. I mean, the 49ers come in. They've won 12 games in a row. They're playing spectacular. They've got this unbelievable rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, who's about to rewrite the history books and go from being the last man picked in the draft to a Super Bowl champion. And the story was. Then written. you got the Philadelphia Eagles. They're still trying to prove to everybody that they belonged and and earned that number one seed. And I'll tell you one thing. You can put everything that happened after this in a separate pile, but Philadelphia came out and made an early statement right away, Tony. They went right down the field on their first drive against this great 49er defense, and Miles Sanders stuck it in the end zone for a 7-0 lead. On second down, the give goes to Sanders up the middle. Touchdown! Miles Sanders, six yards, Eagles lead. Offensive line, a phenomenal job. You know, this play should have never happened because – uh, skinny Batman didn't catch the ball, and then all of a sudden, the referees, or the, the the Fox broadcast, found a new angle that shows he didn't catch the ball. The, I, I, I'm never going to get over that. Chris, I will never get over that. Chris, I got to tell you, um, that might be something we start seeing more and more teams do. Not At, catch the ball and then run? No. Actually, Skinny Batman getting up and signaling, hey, let's get to the line. I, the crazy part, Chris, was... I thought he was celebrating. I thought that was some like new celebration <laughs> that he had just come up with. But apparently, that was signaling to everybody, hey, this is a 50-50 call right here. Get to the line, snap it. Now, the next play didn't go for any yards, but it prevented the 49ers from being able to have the time to look to see that that ball wasn't caught. It, it could have been actually the best play, and it wasn't because of the catch. It was because of the, the signaling uh, from Devontae Smith to to get that the guys to the line so they couldn't look at it. That changed the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah a couple of things. Couple of things before Scraby cries some more. Here, <laughs> number one, the 49ers have to take a little bit of the credit on themselves because they should have seen Devontae Smith signaling crazy, and I they should have known right away something's up. I agree. So the 49ers still could have challenged. They didn't. Uh, the Devontae Smith got over on him, and he got his guys up to the line of scrimmage. Uh, Kyle Shanahan still could have could have seen what Devontae Smith was doing and said, hey, something's going on. I'm going to challenge this. It was a fourth down play. So 49ers have to take a little bit of the responsibility. But the second thing on this is that it, it began kind of a whole day of poor refereeing yeah, around yeah. the National Football League. It really did. There were so many missed calls, so many restarts, so many whistles, so many challenges, so many plays that were overturned and not overturned, that were incorrect. And it's it just its too bad. The National Football League, just like all of us, they work everything. They put everything they've got into these championship games. They're supposed to be getting the best referee crews out there. And for these two crews to both have a terrible day was very frustrating for fans. 
And I know it was mostly for the 49ers. They got their butts kicked. Of course, the Eagles weren't going to complain, but it was just a bad day overall. And I don't know what you can do about this, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen one day is that somebody like Devontae Smith's going to catch a ball like that or not catch it. He's going to get up. He's going to signal for everybody to hurry up. And the other team's going to throw the challenge flag just without even knowing. Just because to do it. Because they're going to be too concerned that he might not have caught the ball. And here's the and reason why. that's the why. lesson that the 49ers can learn. I'll say this because I mentioned it. I talked about the refereeing in the previous segment about in the Lakers call. And I've had a few days to kind of uh, think about it. Um, here's what we all have to, to recognize. They're going to miss calls. In the perfect world, they don't miss calls in these type of games. But what we don't want to do is overreact to this. I know there was a slew of missed calls or non-calls or calls that weren't there that were, you know, ended up looking bad on the referees. That doesn't mean that it's going to be like that every AFC championship game, every NFC championship. It's just by luck, it happened to happen in an abundance yesterday. I just don't want people to overreact to it. Of course, we don't want calls to have to dictate what ends up happening, but it's human error. It's either that or you got some robots out there. We know how most people feel about that. I'm in for the robots. No, if you're in for the robots now. The call and- <laughs> no, you're not. I've never seen a referee no, run so fast to spot the ball I, in my listen, life. I, as a fan, I get it. I was felt the same way in that Lakers-Celtic game, but as I said last segment. But, this is, but the Lakers-Celtics game wasn't even... It wasn't the NFC Championship. It, but the point is, it could have been. The point yeah. is, that could happen at any point in time. And it happens at any point in time most of the time. It just so happened that there was a bunch of them last night. But I will yesterday. say, I will, I will take responsibility for my team. Kyle Shanahan should have thrown the flag. I was screaming, throw the flag! Anyway, Chris, go ahead. Yes, I heard you screaming. Either way, the Eagles did take a 7-0 lead, and then, of course, the key play happened on the next 49ers possession, and this was the biggest mistake of all. We talked about it earlier. The 49ers blocking with a backup tight end on Hassan Reddick, and Hassan Reddick basically showing, throwing the guy to the side, running to the quarterback, and crushing Brock Purdy's right elbow, and basically changing the entire course of the game. It was also a fumble. It set up the Eagles deep in 49er territory. They didn't take advantage of it then, but a little bit later on, after Christian McCaffrey had tied the game with a gutty TD run yeah. of his own that somehow Scraby did not include here in the highlights. <laughs> I know, I right? Uh, because our service doesn't give us It was us your that. only moment uh, of the game, Scraby. They, they only give the winning what? team highlights on our service. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going right. to go look up the well. only play of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, after it was 7 7, Miles Sanders put the Eagles ahead to stay. It is second down and five. Ball at the 13. Hertz gives it off against Sanders. Five into the end zone. Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. What an unbelievable job. Kelsey joined my ladder off that left side. You can see the alley created on the left side, and Miles Sanders just used his speed. That was one of the issues of that game yesterday. I know the 49ers are licking their wounds because of the injuries, but the Philadelphia offensive line did do a tremendous job against that great 49er defense. Chris, you you brought up... They ran the ball. I was going to say, you brought up Reddick, them trying to block Reddick. Twice they tried to block him with a tight end, and it ended horribly both times. It did. 
Yes, it did. Josh Johnson would fumble on the next possession. <laughs> I know that was a play that Scraby absolutely loved when he just dropped a snap. He was that I mean, set up Philadelphia. He dropped, to, he dropped it to twice. Score another he dropped touch. it twice. He dropped it when he was looking at the play before the play, and then he dropped it trying to pick it up looking down the field. <laughs> Well, Sorry. it Sorry. set up another touchdown for the Eagles just before Taft time. They go to Scott, tries to sweep. He's at the five. He pushes forward. He is in for the touchdown. Boston Scott. Speed. Speed kills in this game, and Boston Scott has it in abundance. And made it 21-7 to at halftime. I think the game was pretty much over at that point. Uh, I don't mean to have no respect for the 49ers, but... When you have no quarterback and you all you can do is be handing off in the entire second half against a team like Philadelphia or pretty much a team like anybody, you're not going to come back from 21-7 down. The 49ers did not do that. The second half played out as expected, and the Eagles, on this call, found themselves on their way to the Super Bowl. 10, 9, 8. The Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC Championship Four, three, two, one. By the final score, the Eagles 31, the 49ers 7. Attention, air traffic control. A flock of Eagles is heading to Arizona. <laughs> All right, Merrill Reese been waiting for that call for a long time. <laughs> Scraby didn't like it. You know what this brings up, and we've talked about every angle of the game, but let's talk about this for a second, Tony, as the Eagles get ready to go to the Super Bowl. Has any team in recent memory ever had an easier path to the Super Bowl than the Philadelphia Eagles? It doesn't seem like they really had a very difficult schedule during the course of the regular season. They lost games at the end to Dallas. They got beat by, it seemed like, the good teams they played. They kind of stumbled their way down the stretch. Let's be honest, they played a pretty run-of-the-mill New York Giants football team in the first round. And then they got the break of all breaks. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers were not allowed to be anything near what the San Francisco 49ers could have been because they lost not one but two quarterbacks. Um, I I just wonder if the Eagles, even still, are going to have something to try and prove come Super Bowl Sunday. I I think at this point, if you're still one of the people doubting the Eagles at this point... I think you you just not paying attention. Uh, yeah, they haven't necessarily had the toughest regular season, uh, and they caught some breaks. They caught a break, really, uh, in that se- in that game against the Forty ers with Brock Purdy. But they they caused they basically caused their own luck, though. I mean, they got to the quarterback. They got that hit on Purdy that ended up knocking him out of the game. Um, that was, I think, a sign of things to come if Purdy stayed in that game. Uh, that defensive line, there was a reason why they led the league in sacks. They were they kept that pocket tight, really, from the time Purdy was in that game to whoever else finished it. They were flying around the football, and I think that might be the thing they have going for Moses. I think teams go in there or go against the Eagles thinking the same thing that everybody else is thinking. These guys haven't necessarily faced a team like us yet. 
And then they get hit in the mouth, and they realize, oh, man, the Eagles are actually pretty good. I forgot to tell you guys, um, I forgot <laughs> to say, uh, Lane Johnson false started on every single play of that game, and, 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 at least in the first <laughs> half. I, and I'm not the only one because I was seeing it all over Twitter of people that don't even know me but saying that, but, the same thing. But that's a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about, though. Uh, the guy left a and step. It's also I, a bunch of 49ers no, fans no, tweeting no, it out. No, look, no, no, look, no, 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 Let me tell you, all right, if you could just... Chill for a second. <laughs> Sorry. I've tried to be nice to you all day long. But let's be honest, the 40 faithful will never accept this game as a game that they lost. Oh, you're all, they well, will always feel like it was taken from them. 100%. And that, therein lies one of the reasons why 49er fans are so difficult to deal with <laughs> and so difficult to like. All right, we got, just, just take your L and go no, home. we got like three or four minutes left, Chris. I know you don't, you're, you're on the road. All so right, let's the get to the club. AFC Championship. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals, and it was the defenses that dominated in the early going. The Chiefs sacked Joe Burrow four times in the first half, and that finally led the way to Patrick Mahomes opening the touchdown scoring in the second quarter. Chiefs go with three tight ends and a shotgun. They roll it to the right side. Mahomes pump faking. Now fires. The end zone caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Travis Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs lead 12-3. to And now Mahomes to Kelsey in the postseason for the 13th time. That's second in National Football League history to only Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty automatic that Kelsey's going to get a touchdown. I, I don't know how you how you let him get open in the end zone or don't guard him. I, I don't understand that, but the Bengals will have to figure that out. Bengals would come back to tie early in the third quarter on a touchdown pass to T. Higgins, but Patrick Mahomes answered immediately, took the Chiefs right down the field, and on a long third down play found Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Isaiah Pacheco will be the running back. Chiefs have Kelsey walking out as a flanker to the left side. Since he was six men up on the line of scrimmage, fake a delayed blitz. Mahomes will fire it late for the end zone. Talk! Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his backside. Touchdown! Kansas City, Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a 19-yard reception on third down and 10. Yeah, and that gave the Chiefs the lead. And I'll tell you one thing, Tony, Valdez-Scantling was the MVP of that game other than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He he really stepped up for the Chiefs and uh, when they needed another receiver to, to make some plays. They didn't have another receiver. He, he, he had to be the dude, <laughs> and he was the dude. And I give some credit to what's my, the first-round pick they had, Sky? Uh, oh, Sky Moore. Sky, Sky Moore, Moore. That punt return at the end uh, really set them up. Uh, for what you're about to hear right now. <laughs> yeah, last play of regulation before the field goal. Patrick Mahomes scrambles. This is the Cincinnati radio call, and you will hear from our Hall of Fame friend <laughs> Dave Lapham screeching when Joseph Asai made contact with Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. Snap. Two receivers out to each side. Mahomes with a deep drop. Finish. Now moving in the pocket. 
running to the right and running well. He's at the 50. He's trying to run for the first down. He goes out uh, of bounds, and the Bengals no. push him after no. he was out of bounds. Multiple flags are going to tap 15 yards onto this play. Eight seconds left in regulation, and with that penalty. Oh, man, he was upset. That was great. No! no. Dave Lapham, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame for Chris versus our Rate the radio call, but that 15 yards set the Chiefs up, gave Harrison Bucker a chance to send Kansas City to the Super Bowl. 45-yard attempt from the far hash. At eight seconds to go in regulation, Cincinnati does have one timeout left. Harrison Bucker, the biggest kick of his Chiefs' life. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! 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 Did Cincinnati call timeout? They did not! They did not! They did not! It's a field goal from 45 yards out by Harrison Butker with three seconds to go in regulation. That was a great hold by the, the kick holder, or kick placer. Yeah, it was a bad kick snap. Placer, he yeah. had to kind of... The KP. The KP. <laughs> yeah, the kick placer. I tell you what, all I can think about is that ball had to feel like a cement block off his foot, <laughs> as cold as it was there last night. Yeah, no kidding. Well, the Chiefs win a thriller over the Bengals, 23-20. to Finally, Kansas City knocks off Joe Burrow at... Arrowhead Stadium, uh, as Travis Kelsey reminded everybody after the game. Yeah, jabroni. So that's our recap. Good. That's said yeah, jabroni. Yeah, that's, jabroni. That's what he called the Cincinnati mayor. <laughs> well, he was lucky he only called him that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. All he right. deserved to be called a lot worse. Chris, uh, we're going to let you roll, get ready for your game. Oh, wait, you're coming back for the you're Big Five. Back for Big so. Five. We got we'll, we'll... Gwyn versus the fans coming up. I don't know why I said it like that. Four o'clock hour on the way. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.